0: First passage this morning is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. And then Revelation 21, beginning in verse 1, John writes Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride And he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And finally, from the gospel of Matthew chapter five, beginning in verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. As we get into it, I feel like I need to come clean. I need to be honest with all of you this morning. I did not always love the city of Dallas. I know, it's a shocker. I never thought I would live here. Never thought I would do ministry here. Never thought I would raise a family here. See, I'm a Texan. I grew up in Waco. I was born in Houston. Went to college in College Station. Uh, Yeah, I heard that out there. (laughs) May or may not be a two percenter, but that's okay. And yet when I graduated from college, I wanted nothing more than to leave Texas. Now I know for some of you that seems like apostasy, it's sacrilegious, but I I just wanted to get out. I wanted to live in a different part of the country, a different city, Uh, a city maybe like Seattle or Los Angeles or New York. That's always where I envision myself. And so I guess it shouldn't have surprised me that when I got a call from a dear friend who said, hey, move to Dallas and come do ministry with me in the city. You see, Dallas was my Nineveh, I was a lot like Jonah. I was running from Dallas, and all the while, God was calling me here. If you know the story of Jonah, you know at the end of the book, there's Jonah, and he's on a cliff, and he's overlooking the city, looking at all that the city is, and he wants nothing to do with it. Well, that's how sometimes I feel until on those rare moments where I'm looking at the city lights of Dallas and I'm reminded why God called me here. Same way he called Jonah to Nineveh. See, if you remember the story, God comes alongside Jonah as he's overlooking Nineveh. And this is what he says. He said, should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? And it's almost as if God is saying the exact same thing to me about Dallas. Should I not pity Dallas, that great city, where there are more than 1.3 million persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and yes, also much cattle. And so I have a question for you this morning that I've been wrestling with for now more than a decade. You see, because if I would have made a list of all the cities I'd want to live in, Dallas wouldn't have even made it. But Dallas has become much more than just a city to me. Dallas has become a calling. Could it be that you live here in this city at this time and at this place because God loves this city and God loves you? Could it be that he has called you here to seek a new city? Could that be why you are here? This morning, we're going to look at the third aspect of our extended vision, a call for every one of us, every man, every woman, every child to seek a new city. And we're going to look at this in just three ways, real briefly from three different passages that we are called to live in a city, we are called to seek a city, and we're called to be a city. The first way we are called to seek a new city is this, that we are called to live in a city that does not last. The writer of Hebrews says that here, we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come. It's a simple statement, but it's profoundly important. You see, we live in a city like all other cities. It's not going to last forever. And there is no doubt that cities today, perhaps more than ever contribute to the flourishing of human society. Today, it's estimated that more than 50% of the world's population now lives in cities. And we are now seeing that same kind of growth right here in our own city. Dallas is growing rapidly. Get this, last year alone, 143,000 people moved to the Metroplex. DFW now exceeds 7.2 million people. That's 393 people moving to DFW every single day. And all you have to do is look outside and recognize our city's growing, right? Every crane, every new office building, every new apartment building, our city is bursting. And yet with all of our success, Dallas is just like every other city all over the world throughout all human history. It's not going to last It's not gonna last. And all you have to do is visit the ruins of the world's great cities to recognize this is true. It's just not gonna last. And just as much as there's evidence of success all around us, there's also evidence of darkness and decay. The mayor of our city, Mike Rawlings, says that Dallas is the poorest rich city in America. We have the highest rate of income inequality in the United States. Not only are we plagued by uh, uh, income inequality, we are plagued by racial inequality as well. is there anything that last summer taught us when the shootings happened downtown? It's this, that though we can be resilient as a city, we are not immune to racial division. And though there are churches all over our city, I want you to know our work is not done as the church. This city is still a mission field. It's estimated that now 40,000 non-Christian immigrants move to DFW every year. There are 125 mosques, 52 Hindu temples, 52 Buddhist temples representing 500,000 unreached peoples who've never heard the gospel right here in our Metroplex. The need for evangelism is great in our city. And though we live in a city that is religiously conservative, our city desperately needs redemption. So the writer of Hebrews says, we have no lasting city here. And there's basically two responses to that reality. One is we can look at our city and its darkness and decay, and we can say, well, let's just abandon it. Let's just keep to ourselves and allow it to crumble under the weight of its own sin. But the other response, which I believe is God's response is to recognize there is a sense of urgency now for us to be on mission for our city. One such city that has now become ruins was a city called Babylon. And to that city, God sent his own people into exile in the same way that we are now exiled here. And yet God gave them these instructions. He said, plant gardens, build houses, Live in the city and seek its welfare. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. God has called us to live, to flourish in a city that's not going to last. God has called us to seek a new city here. Well, what does that look like? Revelation 21 gives us a vision. We're called to seek a new city that is to come. What does that city look like? John tells us in the book of Revelation, he says, I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, being prepared for God's people as a bride adorned for her husband. I must tell you, this passage has always gripped my heart. It stirs my soul. And when I think about our mission statement, And what it looks like for me and my family, my wife, my now three daughters, yes, you can pray for us, pray for me, my now three daughters, what does it look like for us to extend the transforming presence of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ in Dallas? What does that look like? This is where my imagination goes. Do you want to know why? Because John tells us what the transforming presence of the kingdom of Jesus actually looks like. This is how he describes it. He says, the dwelling place of God is with man, that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, that death will be no more, that there will be no mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, and the former things will pass away. He says, I am making all things new. What does the transforming presence of the kingdom of Jesus Christ look like? It looks like a new city. A city where there is no death, no crying, no mourning, no pain. A city where all things have been restored, where justice has rolled down like mighty waters. And so now we find ourselves, don't we, as God's people caught between two cities. We're stuck. We're stuck between these two cities, between a city that is to come, a city that we long for, a city that we hope for, and this dark and decayed city that we now live in. And the question that should fall on all of us is this, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do as God's people? What I want you to see this morning is that the hope that we have for a new city is not just something we should look to in the future, But it's also a promise for today. Because Jesus, as he is seated on the throne, says, behold, I am making all things new. In other words, the work has already started. Just as Mark preached last week, when Jesus died and rose again, he ushered in a new era. An era of renewal. Of the kingdom now breaking into our own broken places that even as we long for this new city, longing for it to come now, even as we wait for it with patience, we plead that the Lord would bring something of that new city right here and right now. I've always been struck by the Lord's prayer. That's always meant so much to me. And I don't really get that far until I just have to pause and really consider what it is that we're praying You know, not just reciting it, a memorized prayer, but really, why are we praying? Why did Jesus call us to pray these words? And in particular, I want you to think about these words that we prayed even this morning, where Jesus says, you should pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's an amazing prayer, isn't it? That God would bring his kingdom to earth right now in the same way that it is in heaven. That God would establish a new city right now in our city of Dallas, Texas in the same way as it will one day be in heaven. That's a staggering prayer and that should be our prayer as well. How will God do this? How will God Build a new city here and now. I want you to know, brothers and sisters in Christ, he's already started. He is doing it through you and through me. He's doing it through his church. So last thing I want you to see this morning is that we are called to be a city set high on a hill. Jesus in the gospel of Matthew tells his disciples this. He says, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Why do you think Jesus used that image? Of all the images that he could have picked, why choose a city on a hill? I want you to imagine that city for a second. Picture it as it would have been 2,000 years ago in the middle of the desert. Very little ambient light around. It's very, very dark. And as a weary traveler, here you are walking up and you begin to see a glow on the horizon And the closer and closer you get, you see the city lights lighting up the darkness. But I also want you to know that the first hearers of the Sermon on the Mount would have also pictured not just a general city like you're picturing now, but they actually would have pictured a very specific city. A very specific city would have come to mind. When Jesus said, you are a city on a hill, they would have thought of Jerusalem. You see, Jerusalem was a city that it's set high on a hill. And in its light, it shines so brightly, so much so that the people of God longed for it because it represented all of their hopes of redemption. So much so that the psalmist says, I lift my eyes up to the hills, to Jerusalem, for where will my help come? So, what's Jesus telling us this morning when he says, You are a city on a hill? I think this is what he's saying. He's saying you, you church, you are now a city on a hill. No longer is the world longing for redemption in a place in Jerusalem, but now the world is longing for redemption in a people. You are now a city on a hill. So let your light shine brightly. Illuminate the darkness that is all around you. Do not keep the light of the world to yourself, but put it on display so that the world might see the light of Jesus Christ. Okay, so how do we do that? What does that look like for us? Well, just briefly, I want to give you two ways, and then we'll be done for this morning. In many ways, we're just going to be getting started. The first way is this. We illuminate the darkness of our city as a city on a hill by being a church that has gathered together. We're doing it right now. That as we gather together on a Sunday morning to celebrate the ordinary means of grace, there is something extraordinary going on. God's people have come together and we are heralding We are proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords, that he died and that he rose again. And from this place right now, this sanctuary, we are declaring it from the rooftops. We are telling our city that Jesus Christ saves. This church, this building is like a lantern sent by God to light up the darkness. See, God didn't just provide a building that would accommodate our needs so many years ago. We believe that he has actually called us to this specific place, this intersection, this corner of our city. It's strategic. We're on the edge of uptown in the park cities, East Dallas and West Dallas. From this location, the light of Jesus Christ can be put on display. Every ministry, every Sunday morning community, every midweek study, everything that we do on this campus, we want it to be for the sake of mission. That the light of Christ would illuminate the darkness of our city. But I wanna tell you that this building is not where our vision ends. This building is where the vision begins. It's a launch pad. We need to think like a mission church again, as if God was replanting us all over again. Because the second way that I believe we are called to light up the darkness as a city on a hill is this. We're called to do it as a church that's scattered. Because the reality is tomorrow, you will wake up in your beds in your neighborhood on your city street. You'll go to work or you'll go to school or you will stay home with your children and go for a walk in your neighborhood or meet a play group in a local park. And with you, you will carry the light of Jesus Christ within your very souls. What does it look like for us to be a city on a hill? It's to be scattered to every corner, every neighborhood, every office building, every house, and to take the light of Jesus Christ with us. And that's why that's my favorite part of this campaign. Because it's going to take every one of us, every man, every woman, every child, extending ourselves to the utmost, to our very limits. Yes, requiring and sacrificing every dollar that we could muster, but really asking for our very lives, that we lay our lives down for the sake of the gospel, That darkness would no longer win, that we would seek a new city of God within a city of brokenness. Why do we do it? Why should we do it? Why are we calling you to do it? Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. You see, Jesus Christ called himself the light of the world. God has given us the light. He has extended to us the light of the world, Jesus Christ, so that now we would be a light in our city, that we would be a city on a hill set apart to illuminate the darkness. Every poor, poverty-stricken neighborhood, every racial division, every sector and sphere of culture, that it would be changed and transformed for the glory of God. And so my question to you this morning has changed a little bit. Not are you called to this city, but how? How is God calling you to extend the kingdom of Jesus Christ in Dallas? What does that look like? So as we seek the new city that is to come, we join in this prayer that Christ himself taught us to pray, that his kingdom would come here and now to the city of Dallas, Texas, as it is in heaven. Let me pray. Father, we ask that you would stir in our hearts and souls, that you would give us this vision of this new city that is to come. But Lord, as we wait for it, we do pray that you would bring that new city now, right here to earth, even to our very city, Dallas, in the same way that it is in heaven. So Father, would you equip us to push back the darkness, the darkness of poverty and racism, the darkness of vanity, the darkness of every aspect that is so broken in our city. And Father, would you equip us above all to be heralds, to be ambassadors, to boldly proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, that you would give us every opportunity to tell others the good news that your son died and rose again, that all who believe in him have now have newness of life. Would you be with us now as we sing and as we leave this place. Send us out, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.